MLS Week 4 was the weekend of crazy finishes, last-second goals, late equalizers, and stoppage time galazos. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, buddy? Nothing much, Garrett. It is Sunday night, late night, another late night for us, and in about four and a half hours, I will be boarding a plane to Arizona. Well, technically, we're both filming the show on, uh, well, not filming, we can't be filming the show because no one wants to see what we look like, but we're recording the show uh, early Monday morning, but like you said, dude, you're coming out to Arizona, 10 a.m., U.S. Men's National Team practice, Ivis, I mean, they already know that you're coming out, so they're making all these changes for you already, man. It's, it's going to be good to have you out here. I'm looking forward to it, and I got to tell you, after spending the past two days in open-air press boxes, in rainy and cold 40-degree weather in Philly and New York, I am ready for some Arizona sun, oh, some Arizona warmth. I know, man. You're going to get your tan. How nice is that? You're going to lay out by the pool tomorrow. You, dude, you're going to get the pool. The, first off, I got Ivis hooked up at like the nicest hotel. There's, you guys, there's a pool. You're going to get work on your tan. There's a rooftop bar at this place. There's this bank restaurant in there. Dude. You want to just tell everybody where, where, where we're staying at? at well, you're staying at the Claritin. I mean, I'm staying at my high-rise. <laughs> well, thanks so, for telling everybody. We're going we're gonna to have mobs of people outside. Yeah, so make sure it. everyone orders a wake-up call for Ivis at, you know, like 4.45 every single morning or something like that. You're killing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, that's not where I'm staying for most of the trip, so feel free to come by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a really good restaurant there, Gaia Blanco. Side note. Uh, also, uh, as I mean, the purpose of Ivis coming out, everyone should know, U.S. men's national team plays Mexico on Wednesday. If you're coming out to Phoenix, don't forget, on April 1st at 9 p.m., the SBI party will happen at Crescent Ballroom. We hope to see you there. I think it's going to be a wonderful event, Ivis. I think it's going to be a good time. Uh, I definitely think it will be, and uh, I, not to give everyone the, anyone the wrong impression when they hear the name Ballroom, Crescent Ballroom. It sounds a little fancy. It sounds like uh, people are going to be in tuxes, but no, it's going to be a chill party. You know, there's going to be people from coming coming in from all over. Got some friends coming in from LA. I know there's going to be people from 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 all over. You know, fans, U.S. national team fans, always travel, and then when you throw in the Mexico uh, aspect and the Julian Green aspect. Even more people are going to come. Mm-hmm. I think this game's going to be a sellout, and uh, you know we're just going to hopefully add to that, the build up to that by having uh, having ourselves a pretty decent party. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's it. The name of the bar. It's like there's there's a venue for for shows. There's also a show going on tonight. So if you so if you all want to come down and, and watch the show, I mean you, you got to pay for that. But the area where like where where Ivis and I will be you know, goofing off or whatever. I mean, that that's free. You can hang it out. It's just like a hipster name. You know, I was in LA this week and I went to this place called like Madison Umbrella Bar and they had this like whole history why it was like umbrella stuff. It's just, it's hipster. It's just, it's hipster BS, Ivis. That, this hipster tangent was brought to you by Garrett Cleverly. Yeah, my love of PBR beer. Uh, Ivis, as we said, uh, you know, big, crazy weekend for Major League Soccer. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the U.S. men's national team. A uh, couple changes, Americans abroad. Uh, but for Major League Soccer, Ivis, uh, lots of last-second goals, lots of uh, red cards. I mean, tons of crazy finishes. Uh, but we talked about this last week, Ivis, about how this was going to be a big weekend for Toronto FC a great test for them to see where they are as a team. They fell on their face. Real Salt Lake showed them what team chemistry does, beat them 3-0. to zero. And, uh, I mean, Ivis, Toronto FC, I don't think you can call them one of the elite anymore. 
Ah, settle down. I don't, I don't know if one result does that. Having said that, uh, I do believe one of us called this. That one of us did say RSL was going to halt the TFC freight train. Not going to say who. I believe. I, I believe. I said this was a good opportunity. I said this is a great opportunity for RSL to expose. I believe I said that. Not you. Yeah, uh, yeah. You said that after I said it. But anyway, RSL showed their quality, showed their class, and 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 showed their familiarity with each other. They play. They, mm-hmm. they have that core nucleus of top players. That, that play so well together, and they really just put on a clinic on Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, it, you know, it, top to bottom, I mean, when you just think about the, all the quality performances, obviously Sabria with his two goals. I thought Javier Morales was the man of the match. Yep. Kyle Beckerman was outstanding. I know a lot of people played into the whole Kyle Beckerman-Michael Bradley matchup, and, and, and now I've seen stuff about, oh, Beckerman owned them and this and that. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. Where'd you see My, that? That's reckless. Oh, it's, 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 it's on the con. It's, oh, it's out there. It's, there are pe- it probably RSL fans that are a little happy right now. <laughs> Look, Beckerman was outstanding. You can't take away from that. But Michael Bradley, to be fair, uh, his teammates didn't do him any favors. He, I thought, was I thought he did really well. I thought he created a lot of chances. He he set up a lot of chances, but his teammates didn't come through. He's still a quality player, still still one of the best in the league. But he's going to have days like this when the team is still coming together. TFC, obviously, those first two games uh, got the hype train rolling a little bit. But I think this game uh, certainly brought them mm-hmm. back down to earth and and reminded us all that there are going to be growing pains when you have a group that's so new. That's learning things, and then again, they had an injury. Jonathan Osorio, yeah, uh, his absence, I think, I, absence, I think, was big for them because him and Bradley have worked so well together. Yeah. So they they missed him, no doubt about it. But no excuses. RSL quality team, and for me right now, best team in the league. Well, that, that was really kind of the main thing I, I took away from this game. I mean, RSL had tons of possession. You're right. I mean, Javi Morales had an excellent game in this one. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, look, Michael Bradley had a good game, but J- Jeremy Hall, who was partnered next to Michael Bradley, he was just not ready. And, and Morales just abused him throughout the entire game. It's just, it, it was unfortunate. I mean, I would love to see what Jonathan Osorio would look like right there in this game. But, hey, I mean, look, Morales is a great player. He, he took advantage of the matchup, found a ton of space, distributed the ball really well. And then you're right. I mean, uh, Alvaro Sabarillo had an excellent game. I mean, Luis Gill gets a goal in this game too. Uh, I mean, look, RSL just took advantage of a couple mismatches and, and, and they defeated Toronto soundly. And for Toronto, it was a good reality check. Right. I mean, you're going to have those, especially going on the road in a tough place like Sandy, Utah, where RSL is so tough to deal with. You get the altitude and then you get RSL with their great possession soccer. They frustrate teams. They they really take the air out of the ball and they create so many chances. So, you know, credit to RSL, credit to Jeff Gassar doing an outstanding job uh, helping the team through the transition post-Jason Christ era. Now it's the Jeff Gassar era. And it's clear, in case anyone hadn't figured it out by now, there's not going to be much of a... Uh, tough transition. It's going to be a smooth one, and it has been, mm-hmm. and it will be. And this RSL team, they're going to be right there to the end. They they have the quality, and consider the fact that they're dealing with injuries. They've been dealing with mm-hmm. injuries to start the year, and again, their depth is so important that they can plug in pieces, and they, and they just they don't miss a beat. They just keep on going. Whereas a team like TFC, you know, they lose they lose one player, Jonathan Osorio. All of a sudden, do you have the bench? And building a bench comes with time. Toronto, obviously, they had to have this dramatic hundred million plus dollar overhaul that's all well and good to build yourself a solid starting lineup but in in any league whether mls or any other league you need some depth you need some options on the bench that can give you some quality they're going to need to take that next step you know probably next year uh but i still think tfc's got quality i still think they're going to be a tough team to deal with they're going to figure things out and and they're going to be right there near, near the top of the eastern conference but i think 
they've got a ways to go mm-hmm. before they can really consider themselves in the class of RSL. Well, exactly. And, I mean, RSL's back line, too, is, is going to be one of the toughest that Toronto's going to face. And Toronto's bread and butter over the last two victories, Ivis, was being able to play down the flanks. And, I mean, look, you go against Chris Winger and Tony Beltran. I mean, look, those, those are two just savvy veterans who just know what they're doing. I mean, they, they did their job in this one. They shut down Defoe in this one. And, I mean, look, RSL's back line looked outstanding in this game. And they're undefeated through four games. They handed Toronto FC their first loss. Uh, another team that's undefeated, Ivis, uh, having they're already off to their the best start in franchise history, which is crazy to think that this is their best start in franchise history for how long they've been around. But that's the club crew who go up to Seattle have a ton of possession I think they had 60% percentage in this game and kind of really gave it to Seattle Seattle missed a lot of opportunities in this game but I mean Ivis Columbus they look for real they look legit there's no doubt about it and again Garrett uh, you have to give credit to Greg Berhalter (coughs) sorry and the job that he's done implementing this possession style and really emphasizing keeping the ball uh, organization movement and and they're playing to that and and to go to Seattle tough place to play and really give it to Seattle obviously there was the red card in the second half that made things tougher for Seattle obviously they missed uh, Clint Dempsey they also missed Brad Evans who was out injured but you have to still give credit to the crew they're playing really well and, and they're finding a good rhythm they have the only perfect record in the league right now uh, perfect 3 and 0 and again it's still early but you have to feel pretty good if you're a crew fan. Yeah, I don't think Seattle played that bad in this game. I mean, you just had a couple just boneheaded mistakes from them. You have the short corner that Seattle totally zoned out on. I mean, you can't fall asleep right there. Justin Miram, I mean, that goal was nice, curled around the back post. Uh, Jimmy Traore gets a red card for taking down Dominic Duro in the box. So, I mean, overall, I, I thought Seattle, if you if you took away just a couple mistakes, they didn't look that bad. But that's the problem. Those mistakes really cost them in the end. And I mean, Seattle, I mean, they, they just they, they can't afford to make mistakes right there when they're still, one, trying to figure out who they are, trying to find their identity. Well, look, as, as the saying goes, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Uh, it was late in the Ooh. game. You're Seattle. You're down a man for a good chunk of the second half. Uh, you're going to wear yourselves out a bit. So you combine that with a defense that's still kind of learning each other, playing together, got some new faces in there. So I think it all kind of was a recipe for, for them to maybe have a breakdown late in the game. Yes, you can't have those, but you know it's early in the season. You want to, you, you can get that stuff out of your system as they work uh, back to get their, you know, all their players in place. Brad, Ev- you know, whether it's Brad Evans or Leo Gonzalez, uh, getting back to ninety-minute fitness after his surgery, uh, I think they're going to be all right. I think the quality's there, but if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, there's no panic in Seattle. I mean, I think, I think they know that they have quality there and they're going to be a contender. But if you're Columbus, to go and 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 notch that kind yeah. of road win, that's huge. Yeah, man, Columbus, they just, they look they looked good in this game. Another team, Ivis, that continues to look good, FC Dallas. Uh, I mean, the one thing that, has, that really impressed me against this game in Portland was, was the possession that FC Dallas had. Yes, I, I know someone's going to come on and say, oh, well, you know, each side had 10 men. It really opened up the field. Watch FC Dallas at the beginning of the game. They built out of the back. They passed the ball around well. They attacked the flanks with urgency. And FC Dallas, Ivis, I mean, they, they, that's another team. I mean, FC Dallas looks legit. Mauro Diaz looks unstoppable right now. He's playing really well. And, I mean, obviously the two red cards... The double red card, which you know you don't see every day, but the double red card obviously affects the game in a certain way. And and and, and yes, both teams lose a player, but it does definitely change things dramatically. That both teams have to make those adjustments uh, to shift players around and figure out how they're going to play. 
Um, FC Dallas obviously had the better uh, of that kind of exchange and, and, and after that game. And look, whether or not there were two red cards, Portland still had a ton of quality on the field. And, and so, you know, that and that's still a quality win. And for me, FC Dallas, you know, obviously they're off to a good start, but I think this is the first win you could point to and say, mm-hmm. okay, that is a legit win. As much, yes, the red card, there's controversy with that, but it's still an impressive win, especially against a Portland team that's given them trouble uh, through the years. Yep. So, I mean, I think to go and place, you know, 50 minutes, uh, 10 v 10, uh, you have to give them the credit. You have to, you know, they 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 had they protected the lead. I mean, well, it was zero zero at the time, but for them to to take the lead uh, just before half, and then to get and then to find a winner, Moro Diaz, who for me, I think he's you know you could argue best player in the league in the month of March as we finish up mm-hmm. as, as we wrap up the month of March, he's been outstanding for them, big time revelation. And whereas he's been a, a revelation for their attack, Portland's still looking for that. They're looking for the spark. They're trying to figure out who, you know, who's going to, what's going on? Where's Diego Valerio, Darlington Nagby? Uh, those guys haven't quite gotten it going. Even Gaston Fernandez, the newcomer, as much as, yes, he's gotten a few big goals for them. But, you know, there, it still hasn't been uh, as much as you would ex- expect. But, again, it's early. And I know some some people are going to say, oh, what is going on with Portland? They're in trouble. They're 0-2-2. But, I, I, you know, it, it's easy to forget that they started last year. Oh, two and two. And we all know how that that played out. And it yeah. was funny enough. I was <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to uh, Andrew John Baptiste today. He plays for Chivas USA now. He was he was on Portland last year. And even he didn't even remember that they started oh, two and two last year. So it just shows you how easy it is to forget that considering the amazing year Portland ended up having. So it's early. That isn't to say that Portland doesn't have some issues they need to work out. They're still trying to figure out, you know, uh, they're, the quality that they're getting on the on the wings, do, are they getting enough production on the mm-hmm. wings? How do they deal with Valeri and Nagby and putting them in the positions to be more dangerous? Uh, Caleb Porter's got to figure that stuff out, and and I'm sure he will. He's a good coach, quality coach. One, of the, I think, one of the better tacticians in the league. So it, it's on it's on him. You know, it's the onus is on him. But again, players have to produce. And uh, they're still figuring things out, but it's definitely not time to panic in uh, Portland just yet. No, I, I don't think it is either. But I, look, FC Dallas, I just look just outstanding this game. I mean, you just talk about the possession. I mean, look, Mauro Diaz, 62 completed passes and only six un- incomplete, you know, uncompleted passes in the game for him. You know, I, I thought Kellen Acosta had a great game. Jair Benitez had a great game. Blas Perez is scoring for them. And things are really working out for FC Dallas right now. And also, Fabian Castillo has another strong game for them. So for FC Dallas, I mean, for them, I mean, and I think fans are, are, are hopefully not biting their nails, but hopefully FC Dallas can continue to ride this this wave of momentum because, I mean, so far, they, they just look really good with just possession and, and knocking the ball around. I mean, the Oscar Prey effect is, is already showing what, what he's been able to do with this team. Right, no doubt about it. And and the thing, I'm sure there are at least a few FC Dallas fans who are maybe a little nervous because I'm sure they remember last year. FC Dallas got off to a great start. They couldn't lose. They they found all sorts of ways to win. They had a couple of games against teams dealing with Champions League. They took full advantage of those opportunities, and they rolled early on. Results-wise, they rolled. But the soccer, for those who don't remember, the soccer wasn't necessarily amazing. It wasn't necessarily no. great soccer, but they were getting results. What's different, what I see as being different this year and, and this time around, I, I see better soccer from them. I see... I see Mauro Diaz being a creative force for them and really 
just you know, having his way. And and now and with this last match, they bring Michelle uh, Michelle back, Michelle Garbini, the Brazilian's uh, free kick specialist who, you know, he hadn't started early on in the year, but they plug him in. In this game, he had an outstanding game. Obviously, the open field with the, the 10 v 10 um, maybe helped him out there. So I thought that was another masterful move by Oscar Pereira. He plugs Michelle in the starting lineup, and he plays well. So, so far, everything uh, Pereira is doing is working perfectly. I mean, even mm-hmm. th- think about the fact that they haven't had George John this year. They've been playing center back by committee uh, next to Matt Hedges. And Matt Hedges, another player, one of the better players in MLS in the month of March. So it's all going well, and at least you're seeing signs that this is something that can that can continue. Uh, it's not a flash in a pan. It's not a case of being fortunate. And, you know, yeah, you could point to, say, the KC game and say maybe that free kick that helped them get the tie was whatever, was questionable, whatever it was. But fact is, they're playing well, and there's no reason to think it won't continue. I I know, you're right. It's When you look at last year, FC Dallas, I mean, they had a lot of, uh, of set-piece goals. Lots more possession, run of play goals uh, for them this year. Um, another game that, that was a little bit of an interesting one was Sporting Kansas City versus Colorado. To me, uh, the one thing you take from this game— Speaking from, of run of play goals. Yeah, well, well, yeah. I mean, the one thing you, you could take away in this game is is this was a lesson in learn how you punish the opposite team for mistakes. I mean, the first four—every op- goal in this game could have been preventable. Uh, Marvel Wynn had, like, perhaps tried the worst day of his career. I mean, Colorado yeah, gets two— he, he had a horrible <laughs> game. He kind of— yeah, I, I'm not saying he didn't, but he's been around a while. He's had worse games. I want, I don't know, man. Two, both his turnovers, uh, a Sporting Kansas scored on, and then he gets the red card, gets sent off. But hey, Colorado, I mean, once again, they. I think for Colorado Ivis, all five goals off PKs for them. Dom Dyer, I mean, did he have the goal of the week? Uh, I'd say so. I'd say, well, I, in my goal, goal.com column, I gave him the extra time game winner of the week and nice. there were actually three of those so it's not even like this exclusive category and you, you had three pretty damn good extra time game winners mm-hmm. you, had, you had lee win you had justin merrim and then you had dom dwyer with the absolute golazo golazo there's no other word to call, describe it i mean left-footed yeah cannon uh, and, and, you know, I know people say, oh, goalkeeper can't get beat to the near post. Uh, you know, there's just, just those things that people always have to say. Listen, folks, the guy hit it 100 miles an hour. I don't know what John Burner could do. Point blank range. It's tough to ask. Over his shoulder. Perfectly placed. And almost as good as the goal, his celebration. It was the, uh, yeah, not, 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 nothing special. You know, that's not, I, I'm not even going to celebrate. It was almost, it was almost Mario Balotelli-ish. Except for the fact that he walked away instead of just kind of standing there in a statuesque uh, fashion, and, and I tell you what, man, for Dom Dwyer, he's been he's been uh, you know obviously facing some criticism, both he and the Casey attack not being able to produce goals, and I know he's taking that to heart. I mean, I you know I, I, I mentioned it I think the other day, you know he 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 reached out to me and sent me a message before the last game and said he's going to score, he's going to have a game. He is he, he's got there's some you know I I tell you what the criticism is lit a fire under him. He wants to prove that he can he can be the guy, he can be the goal scorer. And hey, he did. He came off the bench and showed in this game that he can be. Well, I, I think also the other it's the other thing in this game that that I mean Nathan Sturgis comes off the bench. I mean, look, you have to do better there. You can't leave a guy with that much space inside the box. Look, yes, did Dom Dwyer finish an unbelievable goal that most guys aren't going to hit? Yes, but for this game, Ivis is just both both sides, man. They just. It was just not. It was just a poor performance from both sides. It really was. It just the the, the two PKs that Colorado earned. Kansas City should have done better. The, the defense for Colorado was chasing way too much. 
But, I mean, Kansas City gets three goals, and, and you're right. I mean, for them, they, they need to score goals. And it, they, yeah, you got to get in the worst pay possible. And if you're going to have to punish the team for the mistakes they made, I mean, hey, that's what Kansas City did in this one. Are you really going to tell me that you think Eichel Parra, uh, that that was a legit penalty call? The guy's falling down in pain. Like, like that's, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how you blame him when he catches a boot to, and is in, and collapses in agony and, oh, he happens to fall on the ball. And it's a handball. How is that? Like, it, I, it, look, it's, 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 it's a bang, bang Let me finish. It's tough for the ref. I'll, I'll say this. It's tough for the ref to, to, to tell the difference because it all happened pretty fast. Yes. But we've all seen the replays. How do you still then say, oh, how good, oh, mistakes, mistakes. Yes, I get that. There's always mistakes. Why don't you give guys credit for taking advantage or putting themselves in the position? Shane O'Neill, he drew the penalty. Give him credit. The guy did his thing there. But Daiko Power won. I'm sorry. The guy was in pain. He caught a cleat. He fell. He collided. He happened to fall on the ball. That's not his fault. Come on. <laughs> I was defender of all defenders. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> hey, Benny Felhaber, yes, that's a foul on Shane O'Neill. Totally legit. Mm. Give him that. But, like, don't get me. Come on. The guy's totally in pain. Like, I, I don't know. I, that's that's why. The whole mistakes. They give guys credit for making plays. Guys made plays. Let's talk about the guys making plays. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know what? If anything, I'm anti like overly negative. Oh, these guys broke down, or the people who, anytime there's a great goal, it's not that it's there's people who will never give a great goal credit for being a great goal. It's like, oh, look at that defending. That's horrible. Oh, that defending. Like, shut up. Like, if you had to go up against that guy, you wouldn't know what to do either. You'd give him space too. Like, I, I don't know. I'm. Uh, n- 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 this isn't just against you. This is just a general. Well, it sounds like it is against me. I don't. You know me, man. It's I'm, a general I'm, observation. You, well, you know, but you know I, me though. I'm, I'm finicky, man. And, and watching this weekend, it just, it just seemed like guys, man. They're just. Def- I don't know, man. For me, it just seems like most defense guys, they're just, and I'm sure I'm going to get crushed, but a lot of guys just don't seem focused. They just seem, and yes, you know, good players take advantage of good situations. Good players rise to the occasion. Good and good teams mistakes. find And good teams find ways to win. And yes, good players force mistakes. But but I just, when, when I look at certain guys, it's just a, a simple little push here, a simple little nudge there. I mean, look, it right, could I'll change what, the like, outcome right, of the game. That, that's them. how I see it. You know, but I don't know. I've noticed the trend here with that. And, you know, it, it's all well and good. You want you see the game and you see it. You don't want to give the attacking players credit. Fine. You can go rip the defenders all day. Like Marvell Wynn, perfect example, right? Okay, he had a horrible game. No doubt about it, right? Yeah. First yellow card, that's eh, was a little tough, I thought. I thought the, the ball was no, going out of play. Total terrible, terrible uh, Nagamura. That ball was going out of bounds. Like, how is that? That, that should have been – that should not have been – a yellow card. I, I agree. I said this in the beginning of the show. There are a lot of unnecessary cards this weekend. Card. It's like, come on. There are un- so many unnecessary cards this weekend. Listen, I'm going to give Dwyer credit for his goal. Great goal. I'm going to give Casey credit for the first goal. The uh, uh, on the, the 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 best goal, com- I think, what has to be the best goal combination. The first goal, have- Marvel went cough the ball up in the midfield. You can't cough the ball up in your half Why right there in the midfield. Why are you my whole buildup here? I'm not even talking about all that. What I was getting at is the best combination goal scoring combination in the history of mls zizo to zussi come on <laughs> come on zizo to zussi like come on that, that's a, put that on a t-shirt uh okay i digress credit the kc <laughs> they go on the road they score three goals they're getting all sorts of flack about how they can't score goals they can't score goals they can't generate goals three goals in the run of play they were not set pieces Give him credit. Graham Zussi, uh, you know, for me, you could argue best. You could argue player of the week. He had a hand in all three goals. And great game for them. And they look like the top team in the East again. 
<laughs> there you go. All right, I was. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of the show, we'll move on. Uh, you went to two games this weekend. The first one of the first, the first of two games that we'll talk about that you went to. Uh, this game also had a red card in it. But uh, Philadelphia Union at home played Montreal Impact to a one-one draw. Uh, Marco Devile, we had a sighting. He came back, scored in the game. We talked about how huge that's going to be for Montreal. He saved face, picked up a point for Montreal. Vincent Noguera. Uh, scored for the Philadelphia Union in in this one, Ivis. But from 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 what you saw by checking out the game, except for it being cold up in the press box, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, it's uh, if you're, for Philly, it's un, it was an unfortunate result because once again they played outstanding. They played great uh, for for major chunks of the game, but they weren't able to put up enough goals to give them the comfortable position that they deserve, considering the play, right? So uh, once again, they got burned for that same situation, right? Uh, and it's something that's been kind of a trend in Philly, going back to last year, even before that. They've given up they've given up leads 80th minute plus. I don't know how many times. I'm sure someone has the stat. In the last two years, they've done it quite a bit. And I'm sure there are folks in Philly that are just fed up with it. But credit to, credit to Montreal. You know, they stuck with it. They stayed in the game, even though Philly had the better of the play. And But Marco DeVaio... First half he was awful. First half the guy he was hitting shots and they were going. They were they were heading Delaware, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. They were flying everywhere but the net. Uh, so you, you just figured, okay, he's rusty. He it's his first game. He's gonna struggle. And then what do you know? You give him some space and boom, he hits this perfect curling right footed shot. And then everyone crushes Amobia Kugo. Look, he, he gave up space. He shouldn't have given, given up some space. But you can kind of understand, hey, DeVaio, guy's a dangerous player. You're going to give him a little cushion. The guy has it looks like he couldn't hit a side of a barn uh, the first 70 minutes of the game. And bam, he makes you pay. And and it's unfortunate for, for the Union because they played great. And you, I, you could argue that the Union could be right now 3-0-1, maybe even 4-0. I'd argue that they've played well enough to win any of their four games, but unfortunately, they only have one win to show for it. So, if you're Philly, you gotta appreciate. You, you have to be happy about the way you played for most of the game, but you have to be disappointed with the way the result came. Well, and I, and I think the the biggest thing from this Ivis is the fact that Montreal was able to save face and, and pick up point in this one because when you look at Montreal, Ivis made horrible start to the season. I think in, in the preseason they also like lost five in a row going into this regular season. Yes, I know it's the preseason, but I mean for Montreal, they they needed something. So I mean they pick up a point. I mean what would you think out of them in this performance? Uh, I thought it was big. It was huge for them because they were think about this right. They were outplayed like pretty considerably in the first half of the game, early second half of the game. No, nothing seems to really be working for them. Then they get uh, Andrew Wenger sent off for a studs-up challenge, completely legit red card. They're down a man on the road, and you figure, okay, they're gonna get they're gonna get annihilated now, or or, or at least it's gonna be just another road loss for them. So for them to from that situation get a point, it's huge, and it's bit for Frank Klopas, it was an absolutely necessary result. Because you know he needs something to show these guys to believe that there's 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 hope here, there's hope for this season that this group can get some results. And and again, did they play great soccer? No, I thought they were outplayed by Philly. But at least it, it's the kind of result you can build on. It's the kind of result that you can say, look, if we if we stay together, if we stay in these games, we have Marco Devaio. He's back now. He gives us he gives us a chance in any game as long as we defend well. As long as we stay organized. And for me, I tell you what, I, I got to believe Frank Klopas' hair is going to be completely white by the end of the year if he has to have Hasun Kamara as a center back. 
Hasun Kamara is a train wreck as a center back. I'm just going to put that out there. I think as a right back, you know, he gives you a little something getting forward. But as a center back, the guy is just like a mistake waiting to happen. Uh, I think they're going to have to address that. I will say there's some other positive. Eric Miller, the rookie, he's been one of the more impressive rookies. Maybe people aren't noticing because he's playing for Montreal and, you know, the US, in the U.S. Montreal kind of gets overlooked. But he's been starting for them. He looked very good in this game. He's been very solid. And Heath Pierce makes his first start, starts at left back. And, and you know, he did okay. There. I mean, he, he obviously had to deal with Vincent Noguero, who was outstanding, probably the man of the match. Uh, but Heath Pierce, I think he's going to help them, whether left back, center back. Me, I'd play him at center back, but, you know, that remains to be seen. So I think if you're Montreal, you got to be a little happy that you, you got to be extremely happy you got a result. And you have to be a little happy that maybe there's something to build on. Uh, another game that you went to this weekend, Ivis, New York Red Bulls, Chivas USA. We joked on the last show about how like how bad it would be for New York if, if Chivas walked in and got a victory. And Ivis, it almost looked they they were going to walk away with a victory. But New York, Peggy Logindula, excuse me, I, I butcher that. But, I mean, look, 95th-minute goal for him. You know, New York, much better response in the second half. The first half was atrocious. Tim Cahill leaves with an injury. But, I mean, New York, Ivis, cause for concern that they can't put away Chivas USA at home? Oh, I think there definitely is cause for concern. And and the look on Mike Pecky's face after the match and in the post-game press conference tells me that that he he's up, he's up he fu- is fully aware that there's something not right with this team, that – that this team has yet to put together a solid 90-minute performance, and it's played some absolutely horrendous halves of soccer. And today was one of those. First half of today's game was atrocious for them. They just were they they just lacked energy. Chivas USA just looked like the livelier team. And again, you're the Red Bulls. You're the supporter shield winners. You're at home. You're supposed to boss the game. They absolutely didn't boss the game in the first half. Now things changed in the second half. The team showed had much more energy. Lloyd Sam was was giving them a lot on the wing. Bobby Convey was better. Uh, you know, they 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 got stronger as the second half wore on. They could have won this game if not for Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy had had some outstanding saves to keep it one zero until stoppage time. So. They get the late goal. It's big to avoid a loss at home, but I tell you what, I can't, you know, Mike Peggy was not happy about this game, and he said it. He's like, I am not happy. He totally, he sees it. He sees their their areas to be concerned about, and, and his point, his his comment after the match was, you know, he's going to go watch the reserve game because he, he it might be time to make, to shake some things up, give some other people chances to play because something needs to change. And I'm going to be curious to see what he does. Who can he turn to? Because, you know, uh, one of the things I found interesting today as I'm going into the game, I hear I hear the TV broadcast of the game and I hear the announcers talk about how much deeper this Red Bulls team is. And I just thought to myself, that's ridiculous. This team is not this team is not deeper than, than, than last year by any means. So if you know, if you could argue, OK, at center back, maybe it's a little stronger. But other than that, it is not a deeper team. And now we're going to see it because now Pecky has to – he wants to shake things up, but does he have players to turn to? Does he have options? And I don't know if he does. I really don't. I, we talked about this going into the season, Ivis. New York really didn't add anyone, and we thought that they were going to take a step back. You know, not as bad as what we saw DC United last year, but New York didn't go out and add anyone. And, I mean, that first half was almost as bad as that Vancouver first half. And, I mean, dude, that's saying something because <laughs> – well, the whole Vancouver game, and that was horrible. Uh, Chivas USA, Ivis, I mean, four games into the season, one win, one loss, two draws. I mean, I, I think, you know, the Goats have to be really happy with this start to the season. 
Uh, absolutely. I'd say so. They're a more competitive team. Uh, they've got some quality there. I mean, are they world beaters? Are they MLS Cup contenders? No. But, I mean, when you think about where they were last year at this point in the season, uh, pretty shaky ground. I mean, I, I think you see improvement there. You see some quality. Uh, and uh, they, they, if you would have said coming into the year that they start out with, with just one loss in, in – uh, in the first four matches, you'd be pretty happy with that, right? I mean, so as of right now, they're in a playoff position four games in. Again, it doesn't really mean much, right? But I, I tell you what, I went in the locker room there, and it, and it sounds like they're a pretty happy group. They're a pretty confident group. And you know, I had a chance to talk to Carlos Bocanegra, and he 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 talked about how it's a stronger team, and how some of the with the additions that they had, they've made guys like Mauro Rosales, uh, they they've really upgraded the team. You got the rookie Tommy McNamara, so. Are they going to contend for a playoff spot? I think that's a little tough. We need to see what moves they make in the summer. Does Eric Kubo Torres stay or does he go? Obviously, there are reports that he's going to go back to Chivas Guadalajara. If he were to leave, that'd be a huge loss for them. If they find a way to keep him, that'll help their chances. But the West is so tough, man. I mean, just I mean, when you look at the standings right now, again, the standings. What do they mean by the end of the year? Not much, right? But look at these are the te- these are the teams not these are the teams behind Chivas right now in the playoffs or in the standings. Colorado, Portland, and L.A. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, those teams are, are not going to be there by the end of the year. I think those teams will be all right. But Chivas USA, plenty of reason to be happy. Uh, and and they're a more fun team to watch now. I'd say they're actually a decent team to watch. They've looked good. I mean, the only game they got outplayed in was the FC Dallas one. And the Vancouver game, they were down a man for, I think, what, 77 minutes in that one, Ivis, and they almost defeated the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, at home, so for Chivas USA, I agree with you. I, I don't think they're gonna. I, I, I maybe they can complete for a playoff spot, but they're not going to be some pushover team that we saw uh, last year. Speaking of you know pushover teams, uh, DC United Chicago Fire played to a two-two draw uh, over the weekend. We talked about this is a good opportunity for for DC United to kind of maybe get some things going. They looked like they were going to have uh, the victory in in this one, but. Uh, Quincy Ameriqua scores late for them uh, in this one. John Kennedy Hurtado scores uh, his first goal in the season for them. But for D.C. Ivis, I mean, look, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for a glimmer of hope, I mean, at least you can say, hey, we scored two goals in this game. We got both goals from, from you know, one goal from Fabian Espindola, another one from the midfield, Perry Kitchen, Nick Dillon with an assist. So I, I think for D.C., you, you can take some positives going forward for them. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you have to I'm trying to yes. be optimistic here. Come on, Ivis. I mean, a point's better than no points, right? So from that standpoint, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I'll talk about Chicago first. I think you get to get the road point to to come back and 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 get a point out of a match like that. I think it's a bigger positive for them than it is for DC. If you're DC, you're at home. You're playing one of the teams that you kind of would like to think you're better than. If you can't beat them at home, I mean, that's it's I mean, when the, here's a question. How many games is this in a row in league play? The D.C.'s not won. It's a pretty long streak now. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do the math right now. I'll, but I'll, it's, t- it's, I'll tell you right now, if you ramble for another 45 seconds, it's been seconds. a while. It's been a while. And the pressure's got at, at what point does the pressure start mounting? I mean, again, it's not even April yet. There's 30 other there's 30 more games in the season. Could they turn things around? Sure. Actually, 31 games left for D.C. Uh, for D.C. So they have plenty of time. Uh, it's a building block, sure, but you know what? You, uh, moral victories. You're playing a team that you you like to think you're better than. You need to get the three the three points at home. So I, it's hard for me to look at this and say, oh, it's a positive for DC. Uh, DC's last victory, Ivis. Do you want to take a guess? I I give up. 
It's August 3rd, 2013. The goal scorers in that one, Luis Silva, Connor Doyle, Jared Jeffrey uh, in that game for I mean, so that was The question was how many games in a row oh. they ML- in league play. Now, remember, they won the Open Cup, right? That's the U.S. That's, or as I like to call, the only reason certain people still have a job cup, which is what they won, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, it was a great year. No, never mind the three wins that we had in the regular season. Uh, it is. Uh, that's now 15 league games in a row they have yet to win. That's almost half a season. You go almost half a season without winning a game. I don't know if anyone. I don't know if people should be keeping their jobs with a streak like that. Again, yeah, but, D- yeah, but we talked. DC is going to be re- rebuilding project though. I mean, oh. seven seven of your starting eleven players, you know, right now are guys that you brought in. We you know. Hey, yes, I mean, but they were supposed to be upgrades. They were supposed to. Be, you're guess. Hey, they were la- they they were last place last year. Now they've added a boatload of MLS veterans, established guys, quote unquote designated player, all that. And they're in last place. Then what is so, it? I mean, then it, what is it for DC? Then is it the coaching? If it's not the players, that's the big question. So I mean, I think April is going to be is going to tell the tale. I think Ben Olsen has April, and if they don't start turning things around, I think you're going to see some changes. And, and then again, who knows, right? DC United is owned by uh, Eric Thohier, who owns Inter Milan. He's so busy playing with his toy in Italy. Does he care? Is he noticing? Does he realize his team is already in a hole in MLS play? So I don't know. Is anyone there? Is I don't know. They, I, I don't. Asleep? I don't have his number. Do you have his number? <laughs> like, I mean, I call. Him. I feel like knocking on my mic. Hello, is this thing on? Is anybody home? Uh, that, well, here's the thing, right? April will tell the tale. DC has, I would say, April. They got they got some decent games. They, a lot of Eastern Conference opponents. They got New England, Red Bulls, Columbus. At, oh, they play obviously Dallas. Uh, they've got a couple games there. They need to start winning some games. They need to beat New England in their next game. They need to give the Red Bulls a test. They need to they need to uh, do something against Columbus because they were dominated by Columbus in the opener. I'd say they if they don't show progress in these games, if they go winless in April, uh, something's got to happen. I agree, but I think March was. I, I think it would have been a little t- too optimistic to think that they were going to come out of the gate in March and just you know walk over teams. Well, here's the thing, right? That you I, I you could almost get away with that. If not for the fact that every other team in the league that rebuilt is off to a pretty good start. Let's let's run down the list. Chivas USA, 14 mm-hmm. new players. Hey, they got some points. They got a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto FC. Well, no, I'm going to go in order, alphabetical order here. Columbus crew, <laughs> new coach, couple of changes. Boom, 3-0. and Perfect record. Uh, FC Dallas, new coach, couple new players. Boom, 3-0-1. Uh, let's see. Let's run it down. Philadelphia Philly. Union. Philadelphia Union. Whole new midfield, a uh, bunch of changes, new new de- couple of new defenders. Hey, one, one, and two, and they're playing really good soccer. Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Real Salt Lake. Hey, new coach. Jason Christ is gone. The magic's gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're 2-0-2. Two two. They're doing pretty well. <laughs> right? Seattle. Oh, Lord. They they just had to – they just they – Eddie Johnson, they had a fire sale. Eddie Johnson's gone. Zakawani's gone. Mauro Rosales is gone. Uh, John Kennedy Hurtado's gone. Michael Sperning's gone. All these guys are gone. Oh man, it's going to take forever. Two zero oh, and two. I mean, two two. They're two and two. They, they have two wins. They're doing all right for themselves. And then Toronto FC. Obviously, they got smoked by RSL, but they start the year with two wins. So there you go. Every other team that had a makeover. And you know what? Let's throw Vancouver in there. New coach Carl Robinson, yep. right? Uh, new new players: Pedro Morales, Sebastian Fernandez. Uh, New goalkeeper. Oh, well, now nah, Usta, Usta was there last year, but some changes. New coach, 
2-0-2. So every other team in the league that had a dramatic shakeup did well for themselves and are doing well for themselves. The only team that hasn't, DC United. So it's a little tough to use that whole that whole excuse. I'm just telling you. I give it one more month. Uh, moving on for the sake, once again, of the show, Ivis. Uh, first off, those... Those impersonations of, I think, fans or whatnot were pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> New England Revolution finally got the ball going uh, for them this weekend. Yes, uh, the first goal for them uh, came off of a own goal from Victor Bernardes. Uh, but Lee Wynn, three minutes, I'm sorry, four minutes into stoppage time at the end of the game, gets the goal for them. A couple changes for New England Revolution, though, uh, tactically, though. But, uh, I mean, look, for New England Ivis, I mean, look, they, they, they had to get something. And, and a win on the road against San Jose, I mean, that's huge for them. Well, a win, a win on the road, huge. A goal, huge. A goal scored by themselves is huge. I think that's their first goal. I think I think Lee Wynn's goal was the first goal that a New England player has scored this year. I could be wrong. Am I wrong? No, I'm not wrong. No, Actually, you're not. Yeah. It was the first goal. Right. Victor Bernardez was an own goal, so they finally get a goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all New England fans and all people who started the year owning New England Revolution attacking players in their fantasy leagues are like, what the hell, finally? Uh, but look, that's a big win. And I know a lot of people were scratching their heads like, did San Jose actually give up a league goal? I thought it wasn't allowed. I thought I thought they were the only ones allowed to score league goals in Buckshaw. Uh, that's their thing. That's their shtick. But no, credit to New England. They go in there. They get a win. Was it a pretty game? Was it a beautiful game? Was it... Was it the kind of game that makes you say, New England's back, they're looking like the championship contenders people thought they could be? No. But it's a starting point. They get the W. It's something to build on. There's still a lot of things to deal with for New England. I still think there's some question marks there. But to get three points on the West Coast, and that's how, and people, yeah. people, it's not easy. Eastern Conference team, Eastern East Coast teams going West, It's it, the track record is pretty horrible. So for them to get a full three points on the road, is huge for them. Well, I think also for New England, I mean, look, the first five games of the season are, are, are on the road. I mean, they've only had one home game. So, it, 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 I mean, that also can, you know, can be taxing for, especially a young team like this, they've only had one home game, and that was against Vancouver last week. But, I mean, look, they, they get the win against San Jose. I mean, that's not easy in San Jose against them. I mean, it's not easy to walk away with a victory. So, for New England, I mean, look, they play D.C. United next week on the road. Hopefully they can build off this and, and, and continue things going because uh, things get a little bit difficult for them moving forward on the schedule. The last game of the weekend, uh, Ivis, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps at home defeated the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Vancouver, a little bit of a change in their formation. They went to like a 4-4-2 with a diamond. Darren Maddox ran wild on this team. Kenny Miller looked good in this. And, I mean, Vancouver, as much as we've kind of, I don't know, maybe – played them down a little bit. I mean, they're undefeated, Ivis. They're 2-0-2 through four games on the season. So, I mean, Vancouver's off to a nice start. That they are. And, uh, you know, obviously with the new players that they've brought in, you know, uh, there's some promise there. Uh, You know, Morales, Pedro Morales, is the the real deal. There's no doubt about it. He, He gives, he's that creative force uh, that that can just make everybody better. And, and I think it's pretty clear. Carl Robinson has looked at the pieces that he has there, and he said to himself, "Listen, I need to get Morales in that playmaking position. I'll let I'll let Gershon Coffey, uh, Matias Laba, Russell Tiber. I let those guys do the heavy lifting, and I will let Morales create. And he'll do that. And he's gonna he's gonna give Kenny Miller, Darren Maddox, all sorts of t- uh, uh, opportunities mm-hmm. to to score goals. He's gonna create. I'm a little surprised by the result because I thought Houston, you know." Tough as they are, tough defense. I thought they were going to make things difficult. Uh, but, again, it doesn't always travel well. So, clearly on the road, 
Uh, you didn't quite see them be as imposing as they are uh, at BBVA Compass Stadium. So I was a little surprised by that. But Morales, man, he is legit. And I think uh, he, he's one of the best newcomers in, in the league. Yeah, he... I, just the the way he was just able to define space and, and look the one thing that impressed me was how he's able to find Darren Maddox on the wing. Darren Maddox Ivis continues to impress this season and I mean maybe this is the season Ivis that we finally see the player that he can become. Or at least we, we thought he could become. Right. Well I think it's definitely helping him to have a player like Morales because when you're a forward and you got a guy who can make who can just create out of the blue uh chances and put put balls on a dime for you. It makes you. It just get. It, it, you know. It gets the tail up, and the guys are. are they, they're anxious to get into that attacking third because they know an, a, a great scoring opportunity is always the blink of an eye away. So I think they're 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 off to a good start. Their defense is doing well. Yeah, you know, obviously they. You know, the question coming into the year was how how would you know would Jay Demerit be back 100 percent? How would they deal with the loss of YP Lee? Obviously they addressed that by going and getting Steve Batishore and one of the. One of the real smart moves of the offseason. Yep. I thought I thought they made out like bandits to go get a player like Stephen Betashore. And you know what? Listen, if San Jose misses the playoffs uh, and, and Vancouver edges them out for the playoffs, I think San Jose is going to look at that and say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have traded Stephen Betashore to a team in our in our conference. I think they're going to regret that one. But uh, you got to give Carl Robinson credit off to a very good start, and uh, uh, they're they're looking like a playoff team. Dude, they are. It's it's consistency, man. But hey, I mean, smart move by Carl Robinson this weekend. That wraps up our Major League Soccer Week Four talk. Time to move over to the U.S. Men's National Team, but keeping it also with a Major League Soccer spin. Brad Evans is out for the game on Wednesday. I know, so sad that the Phoenix boy can't play in front of the hometown fans. But uh, Tony Beltran is in. Ivis, uh, what do you make of this? I mean, Tony Beltran could he see some playing time? Huge opportunity for him to put his name back in the mix. I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Honestly, I think he's he's coming in to make up the numbers. Uh, not that he's not a good player and not that he hasn't done well for himself, but I think when you think about Michael Parkhurst with his experience, I think he's going to get an opportunity. I think DeAndre Yedlin, I mean, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I know most people are saying Michael Parkhurst is going to start, but it wouldn't shock me. If, if, if Jurgen Klinsmann throws DeAndre Yedlin out there, gives him the opportunity to show what he can do, because Jurgen Klinsmann has been, sh- has been known – to, to give guys big opportunities like that. Now, let's consider, look, yes, Michael Parkers has the experience. He's played Champions League at right back. He's got, you know, he, he's got a little pedigree to him. Having said that, Parkers has, has been playing strictly as a center back for Columbus. DeAndre Yedlin has been playing as a right back and playing very well as a right back. Defending well. He's, he, he's, he's taken, I mean, I think it's clear to see anyone who's watched him play this year that he's gotten better. That he's gotten better defensively, that he's matured, that he's taking on, he's taken on lessons from his rookie year, and he's worked on his game. So don't be shocked if you see DeAndre Edlin get the start there. Uh, and if and even if he doesn't, look, Michael Parker's he he deserves a chance as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean he's a he's a veteran guy. You want to see what kind of depth you can have there. Yep. Uh, and so it, it, it's gonna I think it's gonna be one of those guys. And I think between the two of them, I think they're gonna take up the minutes. Beltran's off to a good start to the season as well. So he earned this call-up, no doubt about it. But it's tough. You know, you got three guys who can play right back. You can't really give them all minutes. So uh, for me, I think he'll be the odd man. I think he'll be the guy who kind of doesn't get the chance on Wednesday. Realistically, let's say like Deidre, you know, let's say DeAndre Yedlin goes out there and, and scores a goal. I mean, would that be enough to propel him further into the conversation to be called up to that next camp to, to have an opportunity to maybe be that second guy in the depth chart? Or is, or is this still a long-term project? 
I think he has an. I think he has an opportunity. No doubt about it. I mean, why? Why not? Right. I mean, I don't. I if Klinsman has shown anything, it's that he's not afraid to give young players chances. He's not afraid to give inexperienced guys chances. I mean, I think about you know, hey, my con- the conversation I had today with Carlos Bocanegra, right? I mean, he here's a guy who you know most people a year ago would have said, oh yeah, he's going to be a fixture in the hex. He's got to be one of your guys. But Klinsman said, you know what? Maybe, you know, Carlos Bocanegra is 33, 34 years old. I need to start getting these younger guys into the mix sooner than later. And he made the tough decision. Uh, that being said, now you've got a guy, 20-year-old, with tons of talent, tons of potential, who is showing that he's maturing, showing that, that he's improving. Why not give him the chance? Because you know what? If he hits it, if, if you give him that chance and he thrives, then then that, that catapults him automatically. Just think about Matt Beesler, right? First start. For the national team in a in a qualifying match mm. in Azteca, right? I think some people had to think that's a little crazy, right? When he did it, but it, it but look what happened. Matt Beezer, monster game in Azteca, and that propelled him throughout the year. Now he is your number one guy. So I think when you look at that, you say, hey, Klinsman's not afraid to take a chance on mm-hmm. a guy. And this is only a friendly. This what this isn't even a qualifier like like it was in Azteca when he when he gave Beezer his chance. So from that standpoint, I, I think he could do it. And and I think that's a little more exciting a prospect because if – all right, let's just say this. Let's say you start Michael Parkhurst, right? Mm-hmm. He has a solid game. What does that really do, right? I mean, he's a solid – he's a veteran, right? He's been there. He's played Champions League. He's played against Juventus and Shakhtar Donetsk. He's, he's played high-level competition before. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be all that surprising if he had a pretty solid game. Now, if you take DeAndre Yedlin, 20-year-old player, one cap, and you put him in a starting lineup against Mexico in what's going to be a sold-out University of Phoenix Stadium, and he produces, that it means so much more for him because it shows he is ready to take the next step up. He's ready. Maybe he is in the conversation for Brazil. I'm not saying he's there yet, but if Klinsman gives him the opportunity and he takes and he takes full advantage of it, plays well, he absolutely is in the conversation because let's face it, the fullback spots. I, I know. I was thinking about that. I mean, you say what? Open. I mean, you say Jeff Cameron, and then I mean, who, who's your depth chart? Brad Cameron Evans is Evans. two, Cameron, and then Michael Parkhurst is three. Well, there's yeah. I mean, you're gonna take like you know, generally speaking, you're gonna take two at each position, right? Yeah. When you kind of project out the roster, so Cameron Evans, Cameron Evans. Yeah. Now, let's say something happens to Brad Evans. Which way do you go? If Yedlin is taking full advantage of these opportunities, I think he is absolutely right there. Uh, and who knows? Maybe, maybe even if Ev- Evans isn't hurt, maybe when it gets down to it, if Yedlin keeps getting better and better and playing in the position itself, uh, he will get to the main camp. But again, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. It, that all that is contingent on if Jurgen Klinsmann will take the chance on him. I'm not saying he definitely will, but I think he definitely could. And you have to look at his track record and say, hey, Klins- Klinsmann's not afraid to try anything. Klinsmann's not afraid to 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 gamble. And he's shown that he's gambled, and he and he, and it's paid off. I mean, like Breck Shea, perfect example. You know, uh, when he threw him in the Gold Cup after he'd been horrendous, and then Breck Shea goes and scores a goal. That I'm telling you, Klinsman's got a bit of a, uh, he's got a bit of like of a, what's the what's the? It's kind of a crass statement, but like uh, about the, you know, he's got a horseshoe somewhere. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Right? He, he's got a bit of luck to him. So. You know what? It wouldn't shock me if he put Yedlin out there. And I say, I'll say this: if he gives Yedlin the start, mm-hmm. I think Yedlin do well. I think Yedlin will do well. 
Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, that's on Wednesday. I was less than, uh, what from now, what, when is the show? 48 hours? No, 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 it's 72. Uh, don't try math. It's way too late. At so I think 72 hours. I, you know me. My math is horrible. <laughs> I did give that DC United thing right. That, that I guarantee that that was 100% right. Also, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann over the weekend made a little bit of a change. He dropped uh, Martin Vasquez, who was the number two for the U.S. Men's National Team Assistant Coaches, and he added Tad Ra- uh, Tab Ramos. Excuse me. Uh, Ivis, what do you make of this move? Uh, it's tough to say what it means yet, but I mean, obviously, Mar- Martin Vasquez has been a, a close confidant of Klinsman, uh, going back to his time as, as Bayern Munich head coach. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll see what hap- what kind of changes that makes. But again, what it all boils down to, it Klinsman's still the guy running the show. Obviously, he has confided in Tab Ramos, uh, Tab Ramos, uh, for some time now, and and, and he he's given him all sorts of responsibilities, coaching the twenties. He will coach the 23s. He, from what I understand, I mean, I don't know if it's even out there or if it's been announced or made public. From what I understand, Tab Ramos will coach the U23 cycle, uh, going going into the next Olympic qualifying cycle. So he he sees Tab Tab Ramos as being uh, a really uh, really important person in in his plans to build this group. Uh, so I think from that standpoint, you can understand if he wants to promote him, make him his number two. Uh, it remains to be seen what what's going to happen next with Vasquez, but I think not just the Ramos uh, promotion or inclusion in his in his squad, but also Birdie votes uh, being brought in as well. Uh, I think you know again and some a little more German influence in the group. I think that experience is going to help, but again, it all remains to be seen. It's still Jurgen pulling the strings, and, and if he's shown anything kind of in his career, especially during his time in Germany, is that. He, he 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 he's good at, at identifying good people, and you know as we saw, he, he's the guy who who pulled Yogi Lowe off the coaching scrap heap and made him a superstar. And now Yogi Lowe is the coach of Germany, and and seems like this amazing coach. So maybe maybe he's grooming Tab Ramos to be that next kind of diamond uh, that diamond that he polishes off and, and makes him a great coach. Well, Martin Vasquez, the, the release from U.S. Soccer said that he'll move on to other responsibilities. So, hey, the, I mean, this is this is a remain-to-be-seen thing, we'll, and anything could happen with this. Uh, on the Americans abroad front, Ivis, uh, Jose Torres, who was not called up to the game on Wednesday, scored a Galasso uh, this past weekend. Uh, I mean, for him, I mean, positive performances like this could only mean, hopefully, an outside chance of him getting called up to the, to the next U.S. Men's National Team camp, right? Yeah, I mean, I got to say, the snub, <laughs> the national team snub must have absolutely motivated Jose Torres because for him to come out and, and and have the game he just had after not being called in, I mean, that can't be a coincidence, right? I mean, it's uh, all he needed was the was a, was a T-shirt underneath his jersey saying, uh, are you even watching? In, but, say, but it says it in Spanish. I thought that would have been pretty great. For those who don't remember, Sasha Kleshton, uh, a similar... Uh, Similar message once delivered, uh, subtly or not, to Jurgen Klinsmann. But look, Jose Torres, I think he's a quality player. I just don't know if he fits in the Klinsmann system. We've talked about it last week. I wrote about it uh, for goal. Uh, is it? Does he have zero chance of coming back, coming in May, being a part of the camp? I, w- I wouldn't say he has zero chance. He has a chance. And if he keeps playing like this, if he keeps scoring goals, I mean, I think he scored. He's. I think he scored more goals in the past two months than he scored in the last five years. I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but someone look it up. He because he wasn't really known as a goal scorer. Now he's got at least, I think, four goals in the past month. So, uh, cre- credit to him. He's stepping up. Maybe, maybe the push for the World Cup is driving him to reach a new level. And you can't rule him out. You can't. Uh, so I'd say keep him on the radar. Uh, tons of competition in midfield. But oh yeah. 
if he keeps playing like this, you got to consider him part of the still part of the conversation. Well, you talk about the competition in, in the midfield. Mixed discrewed. Ivis scored a goal in uh, Rosenberg's first game of the season, the Norwegian League. You know, obviously since it's up north, they, this past weekend was the first game, so he scored a goal. So I mean, for Mix, I mean, hey, starting off the season with a goal. That I mean, that's another guy Ivis that's still fighting for for a spot to the World Cup. Right. I mean, I think he's he's someone who who a lot of people would like to think is on the inside looking out. Uh, he's still someone who, you know, if you project it out, probably makes the team. But again, nothing's guaranteed. He's got to mm-hmm. start well. He's got to start, and he obviously has started well with a goal in his first game. Uh, the May camp is going to be really big for him, I think, just to kind of stack up against the other players that Klinsman brings into that into that mix. And and I think, uh, uh, no pun intended, uh, I think Ooh. Luis Gill, you know, is obviously uh, been been chosen ahead of Benny Fellhaber for this upcoming game. And uh, and I think that if Luis Gill does well, and it's funny, Luis Gill gets chosen over Phil Haber, then Luis Gill goes out and scores a goal, uh, and then Phil Haber also scores a goal. So all these midfielders are scoring goals. They all want to go to the World Cup. They're all stepping their games up. If you're Jurgen Klinsmann, you got to be pretty happy about that. Uh, it's anyone's guess who's going to be that midfielder. Who's if it's going to be Discrude, if it's going to be Gill, if it's going to be. Failhaber clashed in even still, maybe. So I think that's up in the air. I think Discrude's the front runner right now, but it's definitely, I'd say it's, I don't think it's decided. Also on the Josie Outdoor goal scoring front, Ivis, this past weekend, he did not play. Plays on Monday. So we, we you know, we don't have to talk about Josie Outdoor in today's show. <laughs> Josie Goal Watch 2014. <laughs> yeah, we I feel like we need to have like a theme song with it or something like that, you know? You know like you know like an ABC news, like a breaking news thing, you know, before we lead into Josie Outdoor talk. Should we, should we do uh, that? <laughs> whatever keep whatever keeps you from doing that bum 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 which you do like every like five or six shows without fail. You love but it hey. when I do that. As soon as I do that, you're just like, "No, no, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> know, not breaking news." <laughs> he plays on Monday. Uh, the next chance for him to show what he can do, and if he keeps, you know, we'll see if uh, if Gus Poyet gives him the start, and uh, just hope something. I, 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 you know what? Let's see some service, right? Because I tell you what, if he gets some passes that actually give him an opportunity to do something, and he squanders them, then then listen, you know what, folks, go to town, just crush him, just get on him, say he's just not good enough. But if but if the midfield is in 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 no man's land. Again, if the midfield is non-existent, again, I mean, what can the guy do, right? I mean, I think everyone agrees that the move has not worked out. Everyone agrees by now. Yes, you win, folks. All of you guys who who who, who coming and, and then look, there were definitely people who who did like this move. Definitely people who thought this was a mistake for him. Uh, Sunderland is not that good a team. I thought they made some additions that were going to make them better. Clearly, that hasn't been the case. You guys win. It hasn't been a good move for him by any means. I think going to Premier League was a good uh, – uh, uh, you understood the decision. Who doesn't want to step up to a bigger league, tougher competition? Everyone wants to do that. But obviously you want to do it on a team that's going to give you a chance to have some success. I mean, Lord, if he – I mean, it's it's awful. All Josie Altador can do is keep training hard, keep impressing and training, keep earning playing time until he starts – finding the net, scoring some goals. Hasn't happened yet, but again, his next opportunity is going to come on Monday. And if he's in that starting lineup, that should tell you something. And, and yeah, yeah, I know some people say, yeah, it'll tell you that they just don't have any other options. <laughs> they have some other options. They have some other players. They have other forwards. They could, they don't have to play a target. 
Gus Poyet could do other things with his with the players that he has at his disposal, and he's done that before. Clint, uh, you're, uh, Josie's been benched in the past. If he's in the lineup again, it tells me you know what he must be training hard. He must be impressing enough to get on the field. Now he's got to do something when he's on the field because I mean, I, I think I speak for all Americans who have watched way more Sunderland games than we would ever hope to see in our lifetime. Uh, here's hoping that he gives all those people. Uh, a, a reason for having spent all that time watching this awful, awful team. Very well said, Ivis. I, I don't have anything else to say to that. That was very well said. One of one of your better rants. I'll get off the soapbox. I'll give it a. Uh, I'll give it a, like an eighty-six. I didn't yell like last last week. The no, last, show, so. last week you had a pretty epic one. But <laughs> yeah, I listened to it. and I was I, I was a little I was a little animated. Yeah, you're a little fired up. What was going What was going on last week? You okay? It was good. It was a good topic. Nah, man, I'm always good, man. I, I don't look. I don't let I don't let my outside stuff interfere with the show. If a topic is just really good to dig into and mm-hmm. really get on, if there's I'll do it, man. I'll get on it. I'll, yeah, uh, I know. All right. Well, let's move on to more important things. The party on Tuesday. Everyone, please come to the party. Am I right, Davis? Listen, we don't have to beg. Come on, beg. <laughs> never beg. But I will say, folks, it should be a good party. Uh, I, I I just would like to just me. If you're listening to the show, then that means you know you you, you must somewhat like. The show you must somewhat like SBI. If you're in Phoenix and you're a listener, if you're a reader, I would love to meet you. I, I love meeting any every time I meet someone who reads the site or listens to the show. I mean, it, it, it means a lot, you know, because look, we put in the work, hoping that it'll entertain, hoping that it'll give you guys something to to kind of uh, satisfy that that urge for information, opinion. Uh, all that, you know, that's what we're trying to bring to the table. Because look, there's a mil- there, there's a million shows, some better than others, some a lot worse than others. So you know, it, we we try to add, you know bring our contribution to that. And if you're if you're enjoying that, we want to know. We want we'd love to meet you guys. And, and if you want to give us some some suggestions, if tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, tell tell us how much you hate Garrett, how much you love me, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Just you know, if you're in Phoenix, please come out. Let us know. Yeah. I'd, We'd love to meet you guys. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I keep telling everyone if you need. First off, I, I already got Ivis hooked up. I mean, we're gonna have like the best Mexican food all day on Tuesday, so don't eat anything tomorrow, Ivis, when you're out here. <laughs> well, I'm gonna sleep the entire flight out out there, and and then I'm probably gonna sleep a little more when I get there. Because for those who don't know, whenever I travel west or when I travel the long distance West Coast trips, I never ever ever can sleep the night before. And part of that's usually because it's I'm, I'm usually taking early morning flights, uh, so it's like why bother sleeping? Like I, it's usually I'm usually real busy. I have things to write. I have shows to do, like like this one, which is shows to do. What other shows are you doing? Well, this you know episodes of this show. Mm, there obviously. you go. Okay. It's right, 4, I'm just, hey, I'm just making sure. You know. Yeah. No, unlike some people, I don't have multiple shows. What's that I, supposed I'm, to mean? I, I'm a one show kind of guy. I'm What's not going to name. Supposed to mean? I'm not naming any names. You are naming <laughs> names. That's reckless right 90. there. Uh, but uh. <laughs> But uh, no, nah, you know what? First off, you're forgetting the most important show, Arizona Soccer Talk. I mean, come on, Ivis. That that that's like that's like that's my main job. Come on, we we all know that. <laughs> nice job plugging your show. That like, show you, that show that you, show. You're di- gonna break. You know what? You're gonna break double digit listeners now. It's that first off, that show died like <laughs> eight months ago. Anyways, um, oh, oh nice. by the way, so you're gonna be fully rested to go cover my co-ed game on Monday night, right? Is that when it is? Monday yeah, night? I'm bringing you to the game. Dude. I'll be waking up from my nap. I'm expecting. I'm expecting player ratings and a full match recap. I'll, I'll take pictures. How about that? Because <laughs> you know, you know what? I'll take video of you defending, and then I will rip you 
for your horrible defending. <laughs> so all so so MLS defenders throughout the league can enjoy that because you you know because you love to rip defenders like you're Paolo Maldini over here. So I'm gonna make sure I get some some footage of you defending. I'm nasty. I play center back, dude. I give no space. <laughs> I win every ball in the air. It's yeah, insane. I have okay. I mean, I got I got elbows yeah. fine, dude. You know, fifty they call fifty you Aurelian balls. Fallen. <laughs> I just made that. Oh, here, here you go. Here you go. Boom, 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 boom. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yes, Aurelian Fallen. Yeah, I'll be here all week, folks. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, all right, buddy. All right. Well, I'll let you uh, enjoy your last hour before you got to head to the airport and come out to uh, to the best coast. All right, bud. Yes, sir. And uh, and uh, and as always, everyone, we'll 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 see you at we'll see you at the party on Tuesday. So, uh, Ivis, like I said, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good time, and uh, I'll see you out here in I don't know, t minus twelve hours. Uh, this is the most abrupt ending ever for the show, but Ooh, that's okay. Do you want to do? Do you want to do? It's, no, that's fine. I love it because I'm ready. I can't sleep. I, actually, I you know what? I should probably pack. I should probably I should probably finish packing. It takes me so like we're... twenty seconds to pack. Pack. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, we're good. We're good. So, Dude, nah, just bring out, will, just bring out shorts, sandals, and t-shirts. That's all I'm I need. Bringing, I, w- I will definitely bring the microphone because I think we're gonna do a show. Yeah, and, and we're gonna both be in the same room. But now that I have this mega mic that I bought, that's mm-hmm. like top-notch mic. I think we can do that, uh, and I think we should do a show Tuesday, maybe before the party, maybe during our pre-gaming for the party. We'll do a show, oh, and that'll God. be our preview show, and the, and then you can listen to us. Uh, you know, ha- have our pregame experience. Is uh, is is Franco going to be part of that experience? Uh, no, he's not allowed on the show. Let's be honest. All no right. one else is allowed on the show. It's just me and you, man. Me, you, and 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 whatever guests we have on. So there you go. Yeah, I like that. We we should we should do the show from my high rise. That's what we should do. <laughs> All right, we'll figure it out. We'll figure that out. Yeah. So you can see. Uh, yeah. So you can actually, it's a good. It's a good view of Phoenix. All right. Anyways, anyways, we're rambling here. So, All right, Ivis. It's it's crazy. Eight, late slash early for you. It's getting past. It's already past my bedtime. So, uh, I'll let you go. I'll see you in a few hours. All right, man. All right, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Please, uh, if you're in Phoenix, come to the SBI party, Crescent Ballroom, April first, nine p.m. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews. Ivis and I will have a U.S. men's national team preview show later this week. This is the SBI show. <laughs>